Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NH Experience. And this is an experience all its own from the journey to the mountaintop. And this is an episode where, if you've listened to my previous episodes, and those of you that are new uh, to this particular podcast, you get a chance to listen to some of your favorite people from the world of sports, entertainment, pop culture, politics, influencers, whoever it may be, I'm gonna sit down and get right to it. And I enjoy it because here's the thing about this show. We all look at what the finished product is. We all see the pinnacle that most people reach, but at the same time, we don't know how they got there. They never show you how they got there. They never show you the blood, sweat, and tears the hard work, the dedication, the sacrifices that people have to make, people like myself and others have made to get to the points that we want to get to. So some of your favorite stars, some of your favorite people, I get a chance to sit down and have a conversation. And you all are the beneficiary because you all get to listen. Hopefully you all take something away from these episodes and maybe get inspired, learn something new, or just sit back, kick your feet up, crack open a beer or two, and have some fun. So on this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with ESPN's own Stephen A. Smith. Now, if you know Stephen A. Smith, he has never minced his words. He's never one to not fire back. He's never one to not state what he means and means what he states. And you've seen him all over ESPN's first take. He also is the host of Stephen A.'s World on ESPN+. Plus. You recently saw him on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, being a guest host, which I thought he did an absolute great job of. And he has aspirations of being a late night television host at some point. And I do believe he'll get there because he definitely has the charisma and the personality to get there. And he surrounds himself with great people. And as you've heard, and as I've heard, and many people have heard over the course of time, whoever has the greatest team is the one that's the most successful. And he does have a great team around him. So I had a chance, I was on a red carpet not too long ago out here in Los Angeles, and I had a chance to speak with a few minutes with the great Stephen A. Smith, and uh, take a listen, sit back, kick your feet up, you might enjoy what you hear. Check it out. I'm here with the one and only Stephen A. Smith, you catch him every day all over the ESPN airwaves. When you look at the NBA, and you do a phenomenal job covering the NBA, and it's never easy. You are ecstatic about this Lakers and this Brooklyn Nets Christmas Day game. Ecstatic about, not really. I'm ecstatic about the entire NBA season. I think a legitimate argument can be made that this might be the best season we've had in history. Because if you look at it, I can give you four to five talent title contenders in a Western Conference alone and three in the East. And so you got eight different teams that could win a championship and at least six teams capable of knocking a few of them off. So the level of parity that exists in the NBA for this upcoming season, I think is unlike anything we've seen in recent history, and that's what I'm loving about it. What is it about Russell Westbrook? Now he's coming to the Lakers, being with LeBron and AD and that team right there. What is it? What does he bring to the table that people are just still aren't seeing about him? Well, he's ferocious. Um, he's going to speed up the pace because it's slowed down significantly with LeBron having the ball in his hands most of the time. He's going to quicken the pace. He can clearly finish at the basket. He's good for 25 a night. Um, he's, he's a ferocious competitor. He got the heart of a lion the whole bit. And, you know, this is the thing about him. He's got to win now. He's been bounced out in the first round for the last five years. Uh, but in the same breath, we got to look at what he's been around and what he's had to deal with that last year in Houston 
had came down with COVID, went into the bubble, plus they were ill-equipped to be the Lakers squad. This year he was in the nation's capital. We knew they weren't going anywhere. And so now this is the best situation that he's been in, having had the multitude of teammates that he's had throughout the years, but still having a championship, having eluded him. He's going to be more motivated than ever before, plus he's home in L.A. where he's always wanted to be in front of his home crowd, his home boys, the whole nine. I don't think that we will ever have seen Russell Westbrook more motivated than he will be this season in his career. And when you take all of that into account, combined with the stuff that LeBron has interpreted as people knocking him down, A.D. with questions about his durability, I mean, I expect them to have a monster season. I think they're going to try to run roughshod against over everybody, and I think it's going to take an elite team to stop them. And I love it. One thing about you, you've always been vocal about what you stand for and what you're going for, and you look at the Negro Leagues and how imperative that era was of baseball, now with Major League Baseball incorporating those records into their record books. How imperative is that era of baseball? Well, it gives you, it, it illuminates history. First of all, more accurately, and, second, and secondly, more prominently. Um, and when you talk about black folks and the kind of things that have assisted in marginalizing us uh, to a significant degree, it's the lack of recognition and notoriety. And anytime you're doing a step like this, it's pointing in the right direction, and I think that's something that's desperately desired by our community, that level of validation, because we had something to do with uplifting Major League Baseball. Remember, it's similar to everything else. If you, didn't, if you didn't integrate anything, then you wouldn't have been playing against black athletes. And if you weren't playing against black athletes, you would have never been fully appreciated for being the great leagues that you are. Remember, I was one of the last people to interview the late, great Buck O'Neill, the last Negro League player. He came on my show, quite frankly, many years ago. And he talked about how they filled up total capacity Yankee Stadium. He said people didn't recognize that, and he regretted integrating. So we got to remember that there's a lot of people that feel the same way that he does. So when you make a step like this to show the level of recognition that we so richly deserve, then what you're doing is validating what America is supposed to stand for, which is a gorgeous mosaic, inclusive of everybody, not just folks who are white. That's what they're doing, and that's why I appreciate it. Lastly, how important is black media in our day and time and our space with everything that's going on and been going on? Well, black media is always going to be important because when you're talking about black media, you're talking about people who are going to be in a position to chronicle the plight and the accolades and the adulation and the achievements of black players, black executives, black coaches, etc., etc. No matter how inclined folks are to tell stories of our people, they're not going to be more inclined than us to tell our story. And so we got to recognize that, we got to appreciate it, and then we got to come together as a people, not just the players with the coaches, even people in the media. We got to uplift one another, help one another as best as we possibly can, because get, in the end of the day, there's no success without a successor. If you're not lifting people up and helping them get along to ultimately get to where you are, what the hell are you really doing? You really ain't doing a damn thing. And that's really what it comes down to. Thank you. Spoken truth. Well, the one and only Stephen A. Smith. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, that was Stephen A. Smith in a nutshell. We talked about Russell Westbrook. We talked about the Negro Leagues. It was a cool conversation. And as you know, Stephen A., definitely kicked up some more dust as he talked about the departure of Max Kellerman on another network and on another show, which I personally didn't have a problem with. Because if you understand the nature of this business, it's all about chemistry and keeping things fresh, right? So I may be in the minority of this, but I totally felt Stephen A on that. And I understood where he came from, period. So we'll see what happens moving forward with First Take. 
but I'm sure Stephen A's career is nothing short of going to be great and going to be more elevating than what it already is. So that was a good conversation. I had another conversation with another controversial figure and voice who never shies away from the microphone or making sure that his personality and voice are felt and heard. And that is the former Cowboys wide receiver, NFL Network analyst, and he's also on ESPN's first take on Mondays. And he's the one and only Michael Irvin, better known as the Playmaker. Now, Michael Irvin is a cool dude. Like, if you ever got a chance to talk to him, whether you're on camera, off camera, Michael Irvin has never shied away from talking to people, especially about his beloved Cowboys. But anything else on that subject matter, he'll talk to you about whatever. He'll talk to you about players. He'll talk to you about what he's got going on. He's never, never shied away from that, which is the coolest thing in the world because I grew up kind of watching Michael Irvin in the heyday in the 90s when the Cowboys were actually truly America's team, not America's sub team like they are now. And I remember those days when they were battling against the 49ers and winning Super Bowl championships. And then they had Deion Sanders on on the same side after they just got through battling Deion Sanders the year prior in 94. And in 95, here comes Deion for the next two years playing for the Cowboys and helping them get two more rings. So it was it was a cool experience to deal with Michael Irvin. And to me, you know, he's not a bad dude. Like He's actually very thoroughly entertaining. I don't care if he yells to the mountaintop. The dude is thoroughly entertaining. And hopefully in this conversation that him and I had, you will feel the same way as well. Here's our conversation with the playmaker himself, Michael Irvin. Take a listen. I mean, what do you see in Keenan Allen specifically? What do you see in that young man? And, 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 and nobody gives, we don't, we don't give him enough credit for what he is. The way this dude maneuvers in small spaces when you're talking about controlling the middle of a football field. Um, one of the greatest assets a great receiver can have in this league is not just knowing when to be open, but not knowing how to get open, but also knowing when to get open. And that's what he's great at because he understands the timing of an offense. That's why you see him taking his time sometimes off the ball because he's not running out trying to get open quick. He takes his time. See, young guys don't do that because they want to hurry up all the time. That's what makes him so incredible. He's impossible to stop. Lastly, what makes Jalen Ramsey so dynamic at his position? Well, first of all, the confidence. <laughs> you know, at that position, you got to have confidence. And then he's physically gifted playing from shoulders down, but he's also smart man shoulders up. He's a smart man shoulders up, man. He plays the game smart. Reminds me a lot of Deion Sanders and, and, and the Charles Woodsons. Those are bad boys, the Champ Baileys of the world, man. And he, and he knows how to play, and he loves playing physical. That makes him a tough stop. Hey, you heard it from the truth spoken, one and only Michael Irvin, the playmaker. Thank you so much. All right, my brother. And thank you to Michael Irvin for taking some time out of his busy schedule to chat with me here on the NH Experience. Now, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't stay in my home city of L.A., home of not only the L.A. Rams, but the Los Angeles Chargers, formerly the San Diego Chargers, and one of the San Diego Chargers' best running backs in LaDainian Tomlinson. Now, LaDainian Tomlinson is now the special advisor to Dean Spanos. He is, to me, Mr. Charger, because when you think about the Chargers, you think about LaDainian Tomlinson and all the great work that he's done over the course of time in the San Diego area with him and his wife, with their foundation, and then things he's doing here in Los Angeles as well, trying to drum up more fan base, more of a fan base, I should say, 
and make sure that he continues to stay in the community of LA and help the people out up here as well. And he's on the NFL Network, breaking all things down football. But I wanted to talk to him about a couple of things. Obviously, Keenan Allen, who I think is a, is an elite receiver, who still doesn't get his just due when it comes to being a top-notch wide receiver. And then Justin Herbert going into his second year because it's interesting watching Justin Herbert last year. Justin Herbert, to me, is an enigma. Justin Herbert, I don't I don't think, I think Justin Herbert, Herbert rather, is older than what he is because the way he was inserted into the league five minutes before he was told he was going to start against at that time the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs and came right in and act like nothing was phasing him nothing was bothering him he looked like a cyborg I had a question was the man human and took the Kansas City Chiefs to overtime where they only beat the Chargers by three thanks to a field goal he took a hit, got right back up as if nothing fazed him. That is the power and determination of Justin Herbert. And going into year number two, he hasn't missed a beat. So having somebody like a LaDainian Tomlinson to sit there and watch and to interact with Justin Herbert, I always wanted to know what it was like on the other side, behind the scenes. So I got a chance to sit down and talk a little bit with the one and only LaDainian Tomlinson. Check this out. I gotta ask you, man, you you are Mr. Charger as far as I'm concerned. What have you seen that's impressed you the most about Justin Herbert? Uh, you know, I would say for, for a young guy, the poise that he's played with, you know, last year he, he got beat up a little bit as a rookie, you know, getting sacked and running around, but he still was able to make so many good plays. And you think with the improved offensive line, you know, the ceiling is is very high for that for that young man. I just I can't wait to see him in progress and improve and he's going to be definitely one of the best players in the league pretty soon. In your estimation, why isn't Keenan Allen getting the respect that he properly deserves? Man, we've, we've, we've talked about, you know, these type of conversations forever. Why don't West Coast guys get the respect they deserve? It's because they're on the West Coast. You know, we, we, we know that the media is, is really catered toward the East Coast and then the Dallas Cowboys. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> you know, so the West Coast, you know, they play so late and so they get they don't get much attention. But Keenan Allen, without question, is a dog in his league. He's been doing it, you know, for what five years or so consistently. So we gotta bring his name up when we talk about the best receivers in the game. Absolutely. Well said the one and only the Daniel Thomason. Thank you so much, sir. You got it. Man, you know what? LaDainian talked about that West Coast bias, and he's absolutely right. We've been saying that for years, and I'm glad he brought it up just as somebody who's on the executive end and somebody who's also in media uh, at, on the NFL level because he's absolutely right, man. Come on. You can't sit up here and deny Keenan Allen, his, his pay homage to him and what he's been able to accomplish and do over the course of his years and continues to do so. That was a fun conversation talking to LaDainian Thompson. Now, I know everybody's ready for Spider-Man No Way Home. I know I'm a huge Marvel fan. If, if any of you guys know me or know of me, know I'm a huge Marvel fan. Most stuff Marvel, I am in, I ingratiated myself into the Marvel Universe. I feel like I'm a part of the Marvel Universe. I have so much stuff. I have t-shirts, I got hats, I got action figures. Yes, I'm a grown ass man with Marvel action figures. Yes, they're still in the boxes. I collect them because I am a collector. You're damn right. 
my two favorite Marvel characters, as I've always said, and if I had a third one, Spider-Man would be my third. He'd be my third, he'd be my third guy. But the first two, Black Panther and Captain America. Those are my favorite all-time Marvel characters. Like I said, Spider-Man, that's my homeboy. That's number three on my list. So JB Smooth. Everybody knows JB Smooth. Great comedian, great actor. Uh, been in several commercials. He was recently uh, in the Caesars uh, sports sports book app commercial. Very very funny guy. I mean, I couldn't stop laughing even when the cameras and the audio cut cut off. I was still laughing. He just he's naturally funny, and you don't find too many comedians that are naturally funny um, like him. And he also has a huge part in Spider-Man No Way Home as scheduled to be out, I believe, at the end of this year. And he gave me some ideas on what character he would like to be if, if, if Marvel created a character for him. <laughs> very interesting, yet very funny. Please check out the one and only J.B. Smooth. What does it mean for you to be a part of the Marvel Universe being the Spider-Man No Way Home film? Oh, man, it's big for me, man, because I feel like, you know, being a Marvel fan, and a comic book fan my whole life, man. Being a part of this amazing, amazing franchise, man, and being a part of that Marvel Universe, man, is big, man. And they say, uh, I don't want to plant no seeds, but once you get in that Marvel Universe, maybe it's a possibility they'll give me some damn powers. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm already there. You know? I wouldn't mind having a, a radioactive grasshopper bite me, and I'd be hopping around with super strong legs. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Come on, Marvel. Give that guy some, 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 some powers, man. Yeah, give my man J.B. Smooth some powers, please. You got Ant-Man already. Why not have Grasshopper Man? Come on, man. I can jump my hind legs all strong. I can jump, you know, 15, 20 stories high, you know? That's a good idea. In the night, I rub my legs together and make that noise. You know, they, they rub their hind legs together like, like a violin. You, you were here, the grasshoppers at night? That's what I do at night. Oh, that's what I do when I come to get you, bad guys. There you go. What makes, uh, uh, what comedians are you looking at that in today's society that really stand out to you and really say, you, you say, hey, man, that's my, I have to give them my respect. Oh, man, you know, I think Kevin's great, man. What he's doing right now, uh, Jamie's awesome what he does, man. Uh, of course, you know, I, I know I like to. I like Little Rail. He's doing some amazing things. Or, or, or Rail uh, Harley, uh, his real name is for, you know, I don't know if he still calls himself Little. He's a grown-ass man, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. But um, I truly am a fan of, of, of the game, and uh, I think we all uh, contribute something amazing. And I was telling, talking earlier about that, man, and uh, I think styles make fights, man. So, you know, we all bring something amazing to that stage, man, and to the screen. And to our TV show, so um, I think that's what it's all about, man. You know, uh, to continue to inspire each other, uh, do our job, which is to make people happy and, and make them laugh, man, and get us through all this turmoil and things we're going through, man. Uh, I think the comedian is the next wave after the real news. Um, we're able to filtrate that uh, energy through our our bodies and, and reprocess it for the masters. You know, to get through things, troubled times, man. There's always been a comedian around in troubled times, man. You need it. You need it. I was also a big fan of Dick Gregory, of course. I was a big fan of Pryor growing up, Fox, Red Fox. You know, I mean, I just love it. See, what did I tell you? 
JB Smooth is that guy. He is hilarious. And I, there's several great co comedians out there, but JB Smooth is one of those guys that he, he you never forget. Always recognizable, always willing to talk to the people. And that's the one thing I respect about him the most is that he's willing to talk to the people. He's willing to get out there and shake hands, kiss babies, do what he can. He doesn't have to. Like JB Smooth is on a different level right now. He doesn't have to, but he, he chooses to because he knows the importance of his audience. He knows the importance of the support from the people and from the streets. And that's the thing I respect about JB Smooth. Uh, the man has an incredible hat collection. I had to ask him, like, who has a better hat collection, him or Cedric the Entertainer? And I think Said may have him beat. Just saying. No shade to JB Smooth, but I think Said hat game is on point. Everybody's seen Cedric the Entertainer's hat game. It's on point, for sure. But I'm going to stay on point, and I'm going to say thank you all to checking out the latest episode of the NH Experience here on the Believe Network and all streaming platforms presented by Nightcast Media. I want to leave you with this. Every, and I'd like to thank everybody for coming on this episode. Stephen A. Smith, Michael Irvin, J.B. Smooth, LaDainian Thomason. And we're in the NFL season, right? And NFL is obviously the number one sport in this country for a reason. It's exciting. It's 17 games. It's quick, fast, in your face. I enjoy the NFL. NFL has its flaws, yes. But I enjoy watching it every week because it gives me moments away from whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm dealing with, good, bad, or indifferent. That's what I do. I love covering the NFL. I'm not one that was going to, you know, boycott the NFL because I thought, what the hell are we boycotting? And what's the alternative? Like, I'm not one to just do something because it's the popular thing to do. I have to have a purpose and a reason why I'm doing this shit. Because if I don't, then I'm not going to do it. It doesn't make any damn sense to me. And it's got to make sense. And the one thing that I would like everybody to take away from this episode is what are you willing to sacrifice to get your dream or your vision done and bring it to fruition? Whatever it may be. And I hope that everybody took something away from this and that you get on your grind and continue to not let anything or anybody stop you from what you got to do. Because let me tell you something. I've had people tell me that I wouldn't be able to be in the position that I'm currently in right now. And I'm a content creator. What I mean by that is I have a few shows out. And I'd like to thank once again the Believe Network for allowing me the opportunity to bring the NH experience to this network. But I have a few shows out. I had people tell me, what's funny is I had people tell me I would never cover the LA Rams again, for example. Guess where I was on Sunday? At SoFi Stadium on Sunday Night Football that happened to be featured on NBC. I was in there in the press box with my company name and my name attached to it. I was on the field. If you don't believe it, go look on my Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. And I say that to say, don't ever listen to people that tell you what you can't do. Listen to people that tell you what you can do. You, you gotta put in the work. You can't be no lazy ass bum. You gotta put in the work. And I said this during the pandemic. The pandemic changed everything forever. Like, it's almost like, and I hate, I don't, and, and, and God bless the dead and God bless the families of those who lost loved ones during 9-11. But 9-11 changed us forever in so many ways. And I do believe the pandemic 
has again changed us in so many ways. And we had to become creative, more resourceful and more relentless to get things done. And the one thing I learned during the pandemic is the fact that, guess what? You're either going to be a lazy ass bum or you're going to be one creative ass individual. And I chose the latter. So I was able to rebrand. I was able to do things that I needed to do and create this show that you're listening to right now. And that you can also go watch on youtube.com slash NH experience TV. Subscribe now because there's more content on the way. Please believe that. But that's one thing I had to learn. And it slowed everything down. And yes, there was a there was a curse because unfortunately people lost their lives. Some people got sick. Some people uh, lost, you know, income, lost jobs. And that's all unfortunate. But sometimes when you're moving so fast, you can't have time to slow down and look about what's going on around you. And sometimes you can't look at what what's happening in the water if you're actually in the water yourself. You got to get out of the water, get on the shoreline and see where the rip currents are where the waves are coming in at and if it's safe for you to go back in the water and you can't do that while you're in it so that's why I feel like this pandemic did for me and it made me more creative and if you listen to any of the people that you talk that we talked to today on this show and how they describe others we talked about greatness greatness comes from hard work dedication Period. Ain't no shortcuts to this. Would I like an easy way? Hell yeah. When easy ways come, I take them. You're damn right. Anybody that tells you, oh, don't take the easy way out, easy way out is a damn liar. Because they know good in the hell well, if they got a chance to do that, they be doing the same damn thing. But also, you got to be willing to sacrifice. So what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to do to have other people speak about your greatness? So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got something out of this podcast. I thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Hope you follow me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. This is once again, Nick Hamilton from Nightcast Media. I'd like to thank the Believe Network for allowing me on the airwaves. I'd like to thank my engineer, Jake Warner. And until next time, I'll talk to y'all next week. Take care. Be safe. I'm out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.